This is a Hive Mind Studio production. Hello, gods and goblins, deities and deviants, and my fellow what the f James. Matt. We have a problem. Okay. Uh, Moffat's not here. Oh, God. He is not. You were right. Hold on. Let me flip the script over. He is not here. <laughs> um, so I guess we just kind of wing it. Uh, you know what we could do? What's that? We could get George to sit in. I think we probably owe him an apology anyway. Well, thank goodness <laughs> I already invited him to be here because joining us in the studio, by the way, I'm Matt, uh, the tech goblin, James, the, you know, better part of the group in here right now. I'm me. <laughs> and George. I'm the one that constantly gets apologized to on this show. <laughs> yeah. So should we start with apologies or should we do like uh, a, uh, a really bad rendition of Moffat's intro since we kind of, you know, botched it? Uh, if you do the intro, I'm going to let you do the intro. I don't, that's kind of a lot of pressure. I don't know if I want to do that. <laughs> you brought it up. All right. Uh, hello, Gods and ghouls and Goblins. demons and deviants. <laughs> and fellow what the fucks. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. We got it. It took three of us, but we did the <laughs> intro, kind of, sort of. This will not be an informative podcast today. <laughs> uh, it, it instead will be a repetitive podcast today, as I would like to formally, on the record, apologize to George for everything that I have done to him, both on and off the table. Let me rephrase that. Uh, both behind the screen. Never mind, George. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry too. Now I won't. So <laughs> I will not apologize for one thing. What what, you, what one thing won't you apologize do you, for? Do you remember the dice of power? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That yeah. Needs the one no that got listen, kidnapped. <laughs> listen, you don't need to apologize for that. I think that night spoke for itself. No, I'm talking about the, the d6s. Do you not remember that? The, the one I took on a whole vacation with me and sent you back pictures of me and the dice on vacation? You don't remember that? I remember when you got back and we showed him the pictures and like George is usually a pretty animate person and like you showed him the pictures and his face was just blank. It was like, how dare you <laughs> take my dice? So you left one of your dice at James's house when we used to play over there and I was going on vacation and I was like, cool. I'll be back before he misses this dice. So I took the dice with me. I have the picture somewhere. I'll we'll have to find them and post them somewhere. And I took your dice on like a magical adventure across the country and like took pictures with like welcome to so-and-so state and took pictures of it. Wasn't there a mermaid <laughs> yeah. at some point? So we went to an aquarium and there was a mermaid that um, was doing like a show. And so... Mermaid show. Nice. Yeah. So we held up the dice and the mermaid was waving at the dice with a confused look on her face. Like, what the? <laughs> and we're taking a picture of it. I have it with like wax replicas of like presidents. Like they're like holding the dice. You don't remember any of this. I do, not, I do not remember any of this. I do not. What's crazy? No, I will say this. One of my red D6 from my original D&D &D starter dice set. It's gone, and I imagine that's the D6. No, he Probably, gave it back. I gave it back. You well, might, yeah, you, you gave it back. needed it. <laughs> but Cast knowing it from... you and your luck, <laughs> I probably 
quarantine that D6 away from my dice because that oh. D6 is not in my dice oh, tray. Oh, that is a deep cut. <laughs> I Am I thinking, wrong not to do no. that, James? You know what? I don't blame you. Matt's got some really bad dice luck. I do luck. have some bad luck. George, how long have we been like playing D&D together? Six years? Seven years? Seven, seven years. years. James seven with years. seven fingers years. holding up. Yep. Yes, I remember that night at Heroes Haven Yep. where 12 people? Four, was it 16? I thought it was 14. 16. We had like, well, the other table was 14. Because I think we had like 30 people total that night. Yeah. Yes. People that basically just did not need to be at the table with, uh, you know, and the people I, in this room. And I became James's unofficial assistant DM to help him herd the cats of players. Thank God. And that's how me and James like, we cool. Now, I think like that was the only thing George and I had ever done with each other, with the exception of when I randomly, uh, upon first meeting him, invited him into the middle of the woods for a C.S. Lewis talk um, at a stranger's house. And George was like, super like, yeah, absolutely. Let's do that. <laughs> and, and I'm like, like, you know what? I'm asking him to do this. And I still feel like it's kind of murdery. <laughs> <laughs> Did feel kind of murdery on the way out there. But you still went, George. <laughs> Smiles and all. <laughs> I mean, we like, all got to die sometime. <laughs> that doesn't even sound like a real thing when I say it back now. <laughs> Let's go to the woods and talk about C.S. Lewis with some strangers. That, that is those. That's the exact text you sent me too. <laughs> but actually, our first meeting was uh, here. Saying was closing up, and you needed uh, Jen's number mm -hmm. for a shirt press that she had. You're right, and I gave it to you. That's right. There's that, and then come to the woods with me. Yeah, I don't have a this interesting story with you, but after. And I won't apologize for the mug either. The mug was also <laughs> awesome. The mug, I, I, I was kind of impressed with the mug, to be fair. So for context, we were at James' house playing some cards and stuff, and the fan was on. And George, he has some luscious, like, shoulder-length hair. Locks. I locks. would say locks. Yeah. Damn straight. Yeah, he's he's got some some good hair. Yeah. And the fan was, like, blowing on max settings. And yeah. his hair was just... Billowing in the wind. Truly majestic. Majestic. So I took a picture of it. Actually, I took a slow-mo video, and I got an email from Verizon. It's like, hey, we're launching this new thing where you can put images on mugs. I said, cool. What's the funniest thing I can put on a mug? And I was going through my camera roll, and I saw that video. And I spent like 10 minutes trying to figure out how to get a screenshot of that video because it wouldn't really let you take a screenshot of it, so I had to finagle it. Ordered it there at the uh the hospital and when it came in didn't tell george about it told james about oh, it yeah george walks in i'm standing in the doorway sipping out of a mug with his face on it with his hair blowing in the wind <laughs> i think that was the exact moment i realized how chaotic you are but i'm a, I'm a good chaotic oh yeah yeah, yeah. it's fun I'm, I, I, I just i'll pull something random don't tell anybody about it um if i remember correctly you had it a weekend and you expected me to show up and i didn't show yeah, up to james that is place. right i was so disappointed so disappointed because like, i remember getting like angry text messages from y'all <laughs> like why weren't you here where you at george <laughs> <laughs> so george how long how long have you been playing rpgs uh i've been playing officially playing D D since 2003 okay i need a caveat on that what do you mean by officially 
Like did you like pirating stuff? What's stuff? Going? I don't understand. <laughs> so well, you need to dig deeper in that, buddy. All right. I have so, follow up questions. <laughs> so my first experience with D and D was back in high school. We were on a student council trip in Jackson, and the other representative of my class with me was really into D and D. This was mid nineties, so we're still in second edition A D and D. And he somehow convinced one of the chaperones to take him to the hobby shop to buy some D&D books that he wanted. And we had a makeshift game uh, one-shot there in the room. And the thing is, we didn't have dice. What'd you use? Well, he made a grid on a piece of paper, and it's like 1 through 20, uh, and one for each of the different dice. And we flip a coin, and whatever the coin landed on, that was our role. That's some nerd stuff. That's like prison D and D. Exactly, prison D and D. Wow, that was my first <laughs> experience with D and D. So you could say that guy, you know, passed his charisma check to get the the teacher to take him to the hobby shop. Either that or he was just very persistent. <laughs> Is there an annoying role you can make? Like, I want to annoy this NPC so they give in. I feel like that'd be performance. 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 Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So then you officially got into D&D. I officially got into D&D in 2003 with, with an Arthurian Legends campaign where I played the Grail Knight. The, the Ground Knight? The Grail Knight. Grail Knight. Okay, sorry. I also thought he said Grail Knight. Yeah. I was trying to figure out what the heck. The Grail Knight. <laughs> Uh, the one who seeks the Holy Grail. Okay, yeah, yeah. That was pretty cool. Because in my friend group, I was perceived to be the purest one. To be fair, if you knew me back then, you'd also perceive me that way. Okay, because I was very shocked. I was (laughs) Like, now I'm picturing, like, you and the Suicide Squad. (laughs) Like, that's the friend group. It's the Suicide Squad and you. Okay, okay, you've met Alex. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That that was only within a couple of years of knowing Alex. You met me after knowing Alex for over ten years. Okay, Alex right. has had had an effect on me. He has permeated every essence of your being. Yes. So, um, what for you? What what is like one of your most memorable moments? Whether playing, DMing, I have a few. Uh, my most memorable moment was the end of my first campaign. It was the. Final battle in the Arthurian Legends campaign. Morgan Le Fay had gotten the Green Knight and several other characters we met along the way. And it was us, King Arthur, uh, versus all of them. It got to a point where the battle was kind of winding down. Little did we know we were, it was entering its second phase. Because that's when uh, Morgan Le Fay summoned the Tarrasque. Oh. And since... My one-on-one opponent, the son of Brian, has been slain. I look around, and every other bad guy seems to be squared off with somebody. And then I look to the Durask. Hold up. So you went from fighting a guy named Brian? The son of Brian. Okay. Doesn't even get so a name. So Brian's kid to the Durask. <laughs> yes. I don't... That's- that's a full okay. step. That's a that's a that's a I big feel, gap. I, I, I feel like I need to tell the story of the of Brian and his son. Okay, please do because right now I'm just picturing you murdering this guy's kid. 
Well, to be fair. Um, so during our adventures in Thurian Legends, we came across this man named Brian. This was back during third edition D&D. Brian had what was known as a, a brilliant energy sword, which means it ignores AC. What? Oh, that seems OP. Yeah. Yes, it's a very high level power magic item. And it allows you to power attack for everything, which... What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Okay. So, so that's basically an additional 20 damage each hit. That sounds broke. On top of everything else. Sounds broke. Well, there aren't brilliant energy weapons in D&D now. There's a reason <laughs> for that. I wonder why. <laughs> so Brian kicked my character's ass. And then the rest of my party killed him. We took his sword and broke it. Were you guys playing like an evil campaign? Like N- no. What did Brian do other than Brian kick was your working ass? for Morgan Le Fay? Okay. All right. Because like without that context, I just picture <laughs> there's this guy Brian. He's out there, like, you know, like in the world getting it, it done. It was a random encounter on the encounter sheet. So there's just this dude paint, painted in blue with a brand energy scimitar in the road. And he kicked my ass. Like, did you not try talking with him? I mean... No, he attacked first. Okay. Don't don't get twisted. There, there's a lot of context that was missing. Yeah. You went straight to, yeah, so I killed the son of Brian, and we, there was... Like, like I, I need to know what's going on here. Sessions of uh, lore that needed yes, to be Yes, there are up. sessions of lore, which <laughs> I would need at least Josh and Alex here okay. to fully so, tell us the story of the Arthurian Legends campaign. Blue Brian with the Sword of Badassery shows up. Yes. Kicks your ass. Your friends show up, kick his ass. And we break his sword. I take his sword and put it in my bag of holding. At some point later in the campaign, during the, quir- during the Grail quest, we run into the son of Brian. The son of Brian wants his dad's sword. This is a Nego Montoya. <laughs> son of Brian also works for Morgan Le Fay. She wants He wants to stop us from getting Grail and get his dad's sword back. Well, once again, the son of Brian kicks my ass. <laughs> It's a family that, tradition. It is a family tradition. Family <laughs> tradition. <laughs> but the rest of the group end up kicking his ass, but he runs away. Like, were you a knight? Yes, I was a knight. Uh, just, I'm just. It feels like a Monty Python sketch. I'm just checking. <laughs> I'm checking right here. I just does Brian have a grandson? Because I, I notice a pattern. <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, Not that I know of. It never came up. It never came up in the sequel game either. Okay. Like, do you avoid people named Brian in this day and age? No. You know, you know, no, no. not worried one of them's going to kick your ass. No. <laughs> None of them have tried yet. So, George, never trust Brian's again. <laughs> so, anyways, big battle. There's the son of Brian on the battlefield. He has a brilliant energy sword. I'm like, shit. <laughs> he almost kicks my ass, but I end up defeating him. So, you broke the family curse. After I broke his fucking sword. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So after that, you you beeline to the Tesseract. Yeah. And I did what was known as the awesome smite. <laughs> okay. So we're back to Monty Python. What, okay. <laughs> what edition did the awesome smite appear okay, in? Okay. So this is third, 3.5 D&D. The awesome smite. See, I had... The Holy Lance, the lance that speared uh, Jesus' side. That was the holy one of the holy yeah. artifacts I picked up. So naturally, that thing is holier than thou. But in a good way. In a good way. Okay. And 
I had Spirited Charge, which was a feat which allows you to do triple damage when you basically do a cavalry charge. Yeah. Then I smited. Now, smiting was I add my charisma to my attack roll, and I get my level in damage. I was a level 17 paladin. Oh. So that's an extra 17 damage. Then I power attack. Minus everything. And because I'm two-handing the lance, that's an extra 40 to my damage. Do you often two-hand the lance, or was this like a special Every day. Okay. Every day. <laughs> Just need some clarification on that. Yeah. You know? Visual imaging and all that. <laughs> Anyways, the lance itself uh, did like 2d10 holy damage and 2d10 lawful damage. What? Lawful damage? <laughs> yeah. Lawful damage I was a thing. I am lost. Okay, so... Back and th- was it a real thing, real thing? Yeah, or yeah just that's a, a real thing? that's a real thing, real thing. I have never heard of lawful I can, damage. I, I have the DM guide at home. I'll bring it and show it to you. I feel like that's just like when you go to church and you haven't been in like two, three years. Like everyone looks at you and you take lawful damage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Exactly. I think it was called. I think in the actual book it was called axiomatic damage, but it's lawful damage. It is damage for lawfulness. Okay, all right. And I had a feat. I had two feats. One was Divine Power, which allowed me to add my Charisma Modifier to my damage rolls by expending a Lay on Hands. And I had a custom feat that because the DM made a whole bunch of custom feats for this game that basically doubled my smite damage. This sounds like the birth of Min Max George. This does. No, this, this is sounds- not. The, no, trust me. If This is not the birth of Min Max George. The birth of Min Max George wouldn't happen until after this If campaign. this wasn't the birth of Min Max George, I feel like it was Min Max's bar mitzvah. Yeah, it, it, it's the forerunner to Min Max George. As I'm riding up to it, I do the awesome smite. I roll a critical hit. 535 damage, I believe. Good was it. God. I feel like this is the precursor to anime D&D. <laughs> now, that won't happen until uh, the Toma Battle Wars release. Oh okay. <laughs> so, the Tarrasque wasn't dead because the Tarrasque is basically Godzilla. Yeah. What happens is the epic struggle. The Tarrasque turns, comes around, and he reaches down and tries to swallow me. So, I end up stuck in the Tarrasque's mouth. I have to keep rolling uh, strength checks to not be swallowed. And I keep making them. Meanwhile, the rest of the party is still fighting their basically arch enemies of the entire campaign. And I'm struggling to not be swallowed by the (laughs) Tarrasque. Eventually, due to careful planning on our part and a carefully placed maze spell. A what spell? Maze. Maze. Okay, I thought you said mace. No. I I was picturing Tarrasque mace. (laughs) <laughs> like because we took a we ended up taking a break because we had several smokers in the group uh our buddy trey and alex talked and they knew uh another friend of ours who was a druid worst druid ever wow just call him out like that dang he admits it he will own up to it worst druid ever he okay. wish he made it when you get done with this story i need to know why he's the worst druid ever okay i'll tell you <laughs> he had the maze spell and they told him, listen, you want to cast Maze on this guy over here, who was a dual greatsword-wielding fighter. It was broken. When he did it, he like it was his turn right when we got back from break. And he immediately points 
the dual wielding greatsword Ubervane. Was is, that his name? That's the nickname we gave him because okay. it was like Agravane or something. But we called him Ubervane because he wielded two greatswords and he was coming to kick our asses. Yeah, okay. I like that. So he pointed Ubervane and says, Maze. And the DM just stops for a second. As he realizes what just happened. Because maze, there is no save. You get transported to a maze. And you have to make intelligence checks to see if you come out of the maze. Wow. Guess what Ubervane's worst stat was? Uh, strength. Intelligent. <laughs> I knew that. Didn't we just apologize to him for this kind of stuff before we started? <laughs> so sorry. I so just had to. the DM goes on a five-minute rant of just saying, Maze? <laughs> Maze? Maze? Yes, I cast corn. <laughs> <laughs> and he is just flabbergasted by what just happened. He looks at Uberbane's sheet. He says, I'm going to do one roll. He rolls like a 15, still not high enough to get out of the maze. He just takes Ubervane's sheet, tears it up, tosses <laughs> it away. Y'all have ruined that man's whole life. We ruined his plan, which, to be fair, our whole job in this fight was to keep King Arthur alive, which we succeeded We all at. did that, yeah. As long as his middle name's not Brian, he should be fine. <laughs> Brian was dead. <laughs> I still sense resentment there. I sense resentment in that. I feel like... When when you get ran up on <laughs> and power attacked for everything and die within two rounds of combat, you'll know my pain. Just for the record, like while you're talking about that and talking about getting ran up on, I'm picturing you and this Brian character in a medieval club and you have gotten runneth upon. It's not that far off. <laughs> All right, so King Arthur, keep him alive. We can, Which we ended up doing, thanks to my brother taking what was meant to be one of the killing blows for King Arthur. And because we kept another NPC alive, we actually went into Mordred's camp and rescued him. He was able to take the second killing blow that was meant for King Arthur. Oh, y'all been hard for King Arthur. Well, it was their role. They were, uh, we were the Knights of the King's Watch. We were officially his, like, honor guard. Okay, yeah, so it's like your job. Yeah, like you knew what you were there to do. Yeah, it was a really tense combat um, because uh, two two of the party members got put in a wall of uh, force cage. Um, because of events that happened in like the middle of the campaign, we pretty much nullified the Green Knight. The Green Knight just basically stood and protected Morgan LaFace. If you didn't roll up on him, he wouldn't roll up on you. Eventually got to a point where he had to be like, okay, listen, y'all going to ruffle stomp everybody else on the field because pretty much all the arch enemies were dead. Morgan Faye was the only one left, and he got tired of seeing if he could swallow me with the Tarrasque. So, so that was the end of the campaign. That was the end of the campaign. We did have a sequel campaign later where Ubervane finally got out of the maze. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I wasn't expecting that. That was that was something I was not expecting. We talked earlier. We were kind of reminiscing before we started. Mm -hmm. And so there was... Do we ever talk about 
in depth about the car D and D that me and you did. I think we've mentioned it. I don't think we really like really got into it. No, I don't think we did. Well, George was the one who was DMing that, and thank you. It was car D and D. Yeah, it was car D and D. So we had like just flat rolls. Don't matter. Uh, just do whatever you want. Kind of build a character. Just kind of roll it off that. Maybe you know, just kind of loose goose with yeah. rules and all that. And the greatest character ever made came from that <laughs> session. Of course, I'm talking about Thunk. Yeah, Thunk was a... Uh, he originally idiot. started as... Yeah, he's an idiot. But he originally started as an orc, and I've now made him a interdimensional character that with any campaign, he can be dropped in. The joke being that he walks through doors. He doesn't know how magic works. He's, he's an idiot. He doesn't know how magic works, and somehow he keeps planar traveling. Like, every time he walks through a door, he ends up in a new world. Well, that plays into one of my favorite campaign settings, uh, Planescape, where, yeah. which is the city of doors. Yeah. Sigil. Exactly. So, Thunk just keeps on passing through Sigil and ending up in different places. We, we uh, Brody did a Aliens campaign. Uh, yeah. We were in that, and um, he was like, make two characters because your character is probably going to die. So, I was like, cool. I got who I, who I know I want to do. I expended all my energy into that character. I was like, all right, cool, thunk. <laughs> and uh, so in, in my mind, I kind of imagine, you know, he went through a door, landed in a recruiter's office for the Space Marines, <laughs> and it was all downhill from there. That's wrong. <laughs> thunk did live that, through that campaign. He lived through though. that campaign. He, he made it through. The first one didn't. and uh, But he was in the ship, so... There'd be intense combat, and we'd cut back to Thunk, and he's just in the ship being accosted by aliens and screaming his head off the Living whole time. Living his worst life. Living his worst <laughs> life. But yeah, that, that character was started with your car D&D, because I was like, cool, no rules, don't have to worry about very much, let me just do a joke character, and it stuck. Yes. So if I remember right, it was me and James. No one else really wanted to play. Everyone was... Missy was driving. That's um, right. So she just kind of like laughed her head off while yeah. we were playing. What were we doing? Why were we in the car that long? We were going to... That's the Kraken. We, we went to the Kraken, yeah. Yeah, the Wayward Kraken. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that was a restaurant that was like D&D themed on the coast. Uh, it was like a professional chef, not just yeah. like some guy who's yeah. like, hey, let me yeah. open this up. Like, wasn't he like a chef on some of the cruise ships or something I like that? I believe so. Yeah, dude, that place was phenomenal. We did go back like three years after it opened, and it that guy was gone. It was basically a bar at that point that you yeah. could rent like time on a Raspberry Pi Super Nintendo <laughs> and drink some beer. That's basically all you could do there. Yeah. Yeah, we had, we had high fries. Yeah. I think I got the nachos of Mount Doom. Yeah. That was great. I, I I loved it. Also got the sliders. The sliders were good. The sliders Rohan of Rohan. Slider. Yeah, yeah the sliders of, it, sliders of Rohan. Sliders of Rohan. That's what I got. Those were fantastic. Yeah. When I went back, I was so sad. Like it was half the building. When we went there, it was oh my gosh, I want to say it was probably like what, four thousand square foot? Yeah, it was, it was yeah. big. It was it huge. Was, like they had like a war machine area. They had like uh, a rental spot for board games. Mm -hmm. Um then when I went back, it was like a lounge. 
Yeah. And you could rent uh, that. So missed the place. It was great, but that's where we started with our uh, hard D and D. And do you remember anything memorable about that besides? Um, I I remember the basic storyline that uh the bard Santiago I was playing had gotten in trouble um with the judge's daughter and his punishment. He had been court ordered mm-hmm. to be Thunk's uh caretaker, it? basically. Yeah, basically Thunk's caretaker. Um, and it was not really something he was super excited about doing. Uh. But the, uh, over the course of the car ride, the two got very close and became very dear to my heart. Well, they did do shrooms. That yeah, yeah. I mean that's that seems like a bonding experience <laughs> uh, for anybody, especially an orc and a bard. And went yeah. to the underwater subterranean wet layer. I do remember that because we we tried to go down one time, and I remember your, your character Santiago trying to talk to Thunk, and Thunk like with hand signals. And Thunk wasn't getting it, so he just opened his mouth to, to talk, speak yeah. mm-hmm. and almost drowned. You had to yep. save him. Yeah. And then we did shrooms after that. Then we went back down in the subterranean layer. The secrets in the shrooms. <laughs> yeah, secrets um, in the shrooms. But to be clear, the characters did shrooms. We weren't doing shrooms. Oh, no, no. We didn't do shrooms the in the car. Ride. No, no, we didn't. <laughs> that would have been, been a really tough d Matt's session. like, you know what? We were having a hard time with the game, so we did some shrooms and got back at it. <laughs> That's not the case. No. I, I don't even remember what was actually in the dungeon that I thought of. I think it was like a, a historically accurate mermaid. Yeah. 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 Uh, like it the was ones basically a narwhal. <laughs> Pretty much. So, George, like, um, besides that, like, is there a moment that sticks out to you that you've played in a game besides that? Because I wouldn't really call that a game. It stuck out to you with James or myself or Moffat in it. Well... There was the, so I remember our first interaction ever in D anD. Don't remember it. I do, because it was a combat, and you rolled a one. Oh, that started. Not it. Matt. That's my first roll. Not that was Matt my first roll ever. One. Really? Yeah, that's my first roll ever. I do remember that. And James specifically said, "You shoot this man." In the butt. And yeah. he points to me. Yeah, James decided that because there's, uh, I guess there's like, what, eight, ten people at this table that we're doing crit fails to, to, <laughs> to I'll be honest, I was trying to eliminate players that's, off the table. Was <laughs> it was a now. really, it was like 16 people. It was a huge table. I needed less to do. And you tried to eliminate your assistant DM. <laughs> I needed you to focus on my needs, George. <laughs> None of this character play and stuff. I needed my needs attended to. <laughs> For clarification, James doesn't do uh, crit fails and stuff like that. I don't know. No. I, I will request it sometimes because I feel like he has some of the the more fair, not punishing ones. Yeah. So I, yes. I, I will request them. I, it, I like, like that. I, as a paid DM, if if my if I'm if I'm paid to do something, I'll do it within legal reason. <laughs> uh, Good follow up. Yeah, with that. I with thought I should thing. clarify. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who's listening to this, so. So uh, on who you yeah, are. so yeah, I I rolled a one and uh, I, sh- I I shot you mm. with a bow. We were in uh, were we down in the, the we were in um I what's think that tavern? Were in, the labyrinth in the tavern yeah of, uh, Waterdeep yeah water, yeah what's the yeah. name of that tavern? Yawning portal. Yawning, Yawning portal. portal. Yeah, How we, we, we went that? down and yeah we went down to the dungeon essentially the dungeon of the Mad mm-hmm. Mage we because uh, that was the intro to D and D night at Heroes Haven. That everybody went down to the dungeon. It was basically to see 
who would stick around for D&D after that? Yeah, and the next time we did it, we had 40 people instead of 30. So everyone stuck around and brought friends. Yeah, yeah. It, it was it was rough. Like, I mean, it was great. It was great seeing so many I had people. to run D&D boot camps so that we could accommodate tables. Oh, yeah. It was uh, I remember the th- it was the third session where to be asked me to be a DM mm-hmm. at a table because the second DM that was there just stopped showing up. Yeah, well, I... It was shortly after that, I believe, the proprietor had asked that we try to move the games into people's homes and out of the store, which I thought was absolutely nuts. Yeah, because <laughs> you've got like 40 to 50 people showing up every week wanting to do this thing, you know? So, yeah, that's a good thing. Want to do this thing, Get more buy room. D&D books, buy the miniatures that yeah. you bought and weren't selling, but as soon as D&D started happening, people were buying miniatures. Spending money on D and D books, snacks, snacks, and then it's like we need to get these people out of here and into your homes. And then we, so James moved that game into his home. Yes, I brought those fourteen people to my home. And then we realized, oh, we're not in a public location anymore. And thus, I fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> thus begun. Probably, James. I should probably apologize to you at this point. Look, you know what? Here, here's well, what I'm gonna do. Well, hey, anybody out there listening? Um, I'm just gonna do a blanket apology. Just <laughs> take it. If you need to refer to this at any moment, just clip it, record it, bring it up to me, and go, "Hey, you apologize for this." So, yeah, I, there you go, everyone. So, yeah, we we went to James's house, and this is the time we've mentioned it before, where James was like, "Okay, I'm done with the session. That's all I got for today." And we're like. More, please. <laughs> yeah, this, this was the... Can the, we have some more? <laughs> and I always said, yes, I have a problem with no. I have a real problem with no. Um, Especially I, when you're hosting. Uh, yes. I like, I like to be a gracious host. I like to see people have fun and connect and enjoy themselves and all that. I remember this actually got me in trouble with my job at the time because I, I like smarted off in a possibly inappropriate way. At the time, I was working for a church. And I, I remember I was in the office, and the pastor was talking about a great guy, by the way. But he was talking about how hard it was to get up there and, you know, basically do public speaking type stuff for an hour, maybe possibly two hours at the time. And when he said it, I laughed at him <laughs> in a room full of people. And he looked oh, no. at me, and I was like, I don't want to hear it. I came to work today after running a 12 hour D&D session where all I did was talk. Only six of it was planned. <laughs> it should have been a four-hour session to begin with. And uh, chaos yeah. ensued. Yeah, I, I got, I, I mean, I got the, talked to. I know, I know. We joke about it, but man, that was some of the funnest time. It was we've awesome. Had. Dude. I mean, oh, yeah. Seal Team Six. I remember Seal you guys. Team Six. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of things that we don't talk about um, that we still reference to this day. If anybody owes James an apology for that game, it's high. After what he did to your BBEG. I, yeah, so we were we were talking about big bads the other day. Yeah, and I don't think we told the we didn't the tell story. the story. It kind of it kind of got glossed over. So, well, me and George will set the set the stage here. Oh, set set the stage for one of the hardest memories that I have <laughs> in my Dungeons and Dragons we had, DM career. We had just crashed the proverbial airship in a kingdom that was ruled over by vampires. Yeah, this is also where the uh, tube steak incident happened. Yes. Yeah. Also, I have a problem with vampires, okay? So I put them in everything. I shouldn't, especially near bodies of water. Go ahead. <laughs> vampires are cool, James. We don't judge you. Okay, so what we did was, if I remember right, the character I was playing, Eldron, was 
visited, or we were all in a group, and basically a twin appeared to him because we were doing like dimension hopping and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, it was a planar thing, like multiverse types. And his twin was uh, a vampire, and he had just come down to just basically introduce himself, you know, put a little fear in the party. The, the kind of the straw thing where you meet him and he doesn't kill you. Yeah, exactly. And so we had a monk with us, and to be Ty. fair, to be fair, um, he it was a lot of people's first time playing fifth edition. Yeah. And so there was some, some confusions on the rule. He thought that as long as he spent uh, a key, key point, point, he could stun. Yeah. There's some limitations on that. I don't remember exactly what but it like, was. Actually, it was every time he hit, he thought he could spend a key point and get a stun out of it. And that instead of it taking a bonus action, he could hit any time he spent a key point. So he, he could just chain key points together. Yeah. Basically, of, we, he thought he could just keep on doing furry up. Flurry of blows until he stunned him. Yeah, without yeah. having to worry about action economy. Yeah. yeah. So we stunned him and then pushed him and stunned and pushed and stunned and pushed until he was over water, which at that point stopped him from regaining hit points. They, they camped next to a uh, river. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, yeah, he actually took 20 points of damage around uh, on top of you guys beating him mercilessly while his poor BBEG self was stunned in the river. <laughs> so, desert vampires. Yeah, desert vampires from now on. <laughs> now not on. Like, it's not like sunlight can kill them or anything. Nothing could go wrong there. <laughs> well, I mean, at night. I, okay. had, I had a character use create water to kill a vampire the other day. Stop with the vampires, James. Learn your lesson. I will never learn. <laughs> like, take them to space or something. Space vampires. Spelljammer. That's it. That's all yeah. I had to do. Just like no, no, no water. Just keep water away There's from. There's water in Hydrophobic vampires. I'm currently brewing a Spelljammer vampire campaign. That's what cool. I'm doing. I'm, now. I'm there for it. Well, I'm there's going to be vampires in my next game, which y'all will be a part of. Is this the Western game? Yeah, I'm so very excited for that. So, George, my experience is a fantastic player. At my table, he's always been very organized and put together. And kind of the voice of reason. Uh, and like, I was stunned to hear from a fellow DM recently that you are their chaos player. What? Yeah. Uh, hold on. You need an explanation, sir. First of all, not true. Secondly, that was for one session. Wait a minute. Wait, no, no. <laughs> no, you can't say not true and then say that was oh, for oh, one session. Oh, oh, tr oh, trust me. There is more to this story. Now, I'll freely admit, I misunderstood the assignment. <laughs> okay, elaborate. Well, first, I want to know what you thought the assignment yeah, was. Yeah, yeah, what was the assignment? <laughs> so, I thought the assignment was, we were supposed to uh, sneak into this uh, black market weapons dealer's shop, approach him, get the evidence that he's basically selling weapons out of the back of his shop that shouldn't be sold. It shouldn't be sold. And bring that to the authorities, and they will come and arrest him. That's not what I thought the assignment was. I thought the assignment was get the evidence and take him out. <laughs> I, I struggle to see the disconnect there because they're two very different things. We have found you. We shall turn you into the authorities. That's the guy. We got to kill him. Two things. Well, we weren't supposed to arrest him. 
We tried to arrest him. Wait, you were just there to gather evidence. We and were just turn there to get, gather evidence and turn it over to authorities. I thought we were there to gather evidence and turn him over to the authorities. Okay. Neither one of those things turns into torture and murder. We did torture and murder. Okay. All right. We, but I went the extra mile and captured the guy that was there to buy the weapon. Okay. So basically, the part, like, while I was talking to the orc in the front of the shop, the rest of the party snuck in through the back, rummaged through his things, took his poster. Poster? Took his poster, didn't have a search warrant. My goodness. What what poster? Deviants. He had a poster of artfully drawn tiefling. We'll leave it at a that. A very cultured poster. I, that's a very delicate way to put that. <laughs> a cultured poster of a delicately drawn tiefling. I, I think that should be the epitaph, like on, on a tombstone somewhere. Probably. <laughs> so, and they found the weapon and took it. They left the shop. And then I was escorted to the back with the gnome uh, wizard that was also there to buy the weapon. And when the orc went to go get the weapon, the weapon was gone, and he asked us to leave. So we leave. The rest of the party is out in front of the shop. We're walking around the side of the building, and I have a sending stone, and I tell the barbarian, take out the gnome. So the barbarian tackles the gnome. We drag the gnome over to some bushes and knock him out. <laughs> I noticed a, a slight pause there when you decided how to describe what happened because it, it was like, uh, knocked him out. That's what we did. We knocked him out. There was no lethal damage to him. But there was a point where he said, stop, why are y'all doing this to me? And I just that randomly was, that, beat some it. guy in the bushes. And when he said that, the barbarian did the final shot that knocked him out. So that was when I was informed that's what not, that wasn't what we were supposed to do. We were supposed just to get the evidence and get out. Okay. So I misunderstood the assignment. Yes, yes, you did. That was the only time that happened during the game. The game is still ongoing, and I had to herd the cats yet again yesterday. I, I feel like I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt on this one since the evidence I have shows you being a very level-headed and cat-herding type of player. But we're keeping an eye on you, George. Go ahead. I'll work on my <laughs> probation. Um, so, uh, as a player or DM, um, what is one of the biggest, like, things that has happened to throw a campaign off? Whether, like, that, that you've been a part of. Whether you were playing with a group and it happened, or you were DMing a group and it happened. Drunk D&D. I need clarification. I've been involved in a couple... Well, I was running a one-shot at your place, James, and someone decided to pregame before showing up to that one-shot. Allegedly. No, not allegedly. His wife confirmed that he pregamed before. No, no, no you were allegedly playing at my house. I'm, like, I'm, not, <laughs> I'm not for certain. Like, this can't be confirmed yet. I want to see where the story's going. Well, I, I was asked to run a, run a one-shot. Is this a relative for, of yours that pregamed? No. Oh, okay. It was a one-shot... Uh, more people showed up than 
what was originally intended. Oh, no, not at not, my not house. that not that not one. Not that, that one. one. Not this that happened one. twice to you? Yes. This happens this has You happened. have a problem with no too. No, I don't have a problem with no. I have a problem with, hey, George, come run in one shot. Day of the one shot. By the way, George, we invited all these extra people. Oh, I remember this. Yes. Look, I Again, I have a problem with no. <laughs> Once again, it, I'm very much a more the merrier type person. For this new game I'm about to run, I had to stop uh, one of the players from inviting the entire shop to come play. I said, six, we're at six. Stop. I don't have a problem saying no. Those are rookie numbers. You People. need to pump them up. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. <laughs> no. Oh, God. People just like playing with you. It is a lot of fun. It is. It is. Well, we I'm happy y'all have fun playing with me, but this is also how y'all torture me. Yeah, because it that does. That may be why yeah. it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. It's all making sense now. Oh, it's God. a circle. How did I end up like this? Well, you know. High charisma? I, yeah, I, I guess. I don't know. So what happened at that place? I, I Okay, so I wasn't there for this I now this remember one. the incident he's talking Was about. Was I there for this one? No. Okay, I was not there for this one. So, Well, Alex was at this table. And Alex came in late. Alex and, came in late. And I would like credit for trying to keep the game on track until Alex got there and I realized it was pointless. <laughs> you were right about that. And yes, you do deserve credit for I did that. try. Though it didn't help with uh, the one that pre-gamed saying hacky slashy the entire time. <laughs> he would just yell, hacky slashy. And that was when, his battle cry. Yes, his yes, that was his battle cry. Can you cry. imagine, like, seven foot of, like, twisted steel barbarian running at you with a manic look going, hacky slashy? To be fair, Josef is almost seven foot. He's, he's a, a tall gentleman. So um, imagine that, yelling hacky slashy at the table, playing a seven foot barbarian yelling hacky slashy. It's actually really fun. And, <laughs> and though I initially resisted torturing George, when I saw that all of his friends were determined to do so, despite my objections, <laughs> and I finally caved in and joined in the torturing of George, it I was glorious. <laughs> I gave you up. You could see the look of resignation on his face, and it was somehow satisfying. It's because you roll so well. We can't kill you when we DM. I think that's what it is. Like, as a player, you just can't kill George and because he, he has the dice of power. <laughs> I just so have, have good to... rolls. I don't know what that... Uh, I don't know what y'all's problem is. I roll good. <laughs> yes, I know. Like, we made you roll everyone's stats. <laughs> then we tortured James in that campaign. You yeah. know what? Maybe we need to have intervention. This I is think just we... a circle of torture. We <laughs> have a toxic relationship, guys. No, we don't. No, no, we no, don't. No, not really. <laughs> Listen, as long as we're all laughing at the end of the day, oh, yeah. it's all good times. Yeah. Look, when seeing seeing you, we still haven't got to what actually happened that in that story. But oh no, that was it. Just him yelling that uh, the whole time. Al Alex oh, no. derailing the oh, campaign. No. Alex derailing the campaign, and I like anytime I I did something that hindered their movement or helped out the enemy because of something they did, such as stabilizing the uneven terrain, which was there to slow the goblins down that were stealing their stuff. I was like, well, y'all stabilized the terrain. Y'all literally put wood planks down on the muddy ground, which no longer made it difficult terrain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Alex would be like, but they're goblins. Yeah, they're goblins. They do things. They have strength. They are not just these weak characters. I resent the hate towards goblins. 
I resent the hatred towards Goblin too. Like as as the resident tech Goblin, I am. It, it was very basically offended. Kangaroo Court, the D and D session. And guess who was the accused? The DM. <laughs> you, you were the accused. <laughs> Any opportunity we had to like poke fun at what was going on or argue about it, which is like that is one hundred percent not me in a game, but it was a whole lot of fun that one time. It was a one shot, so I do not have any hard feelings about it. Like, Thank you. Ha- I appreciate the, your forgiveness. Half nature. the time I was laughing too, but Joseph constantly yelling hacky slash. He was <laughs> that was the best on. part. That that was the part that was really what was getting on my nerves. Oh, <laughs> that was a huge dichotomy between those two answers. It was well, my favorite thing. It, I hated it. It was my favorite thing because every time he would do it, George's eyes would roll back in his head. <laughs> he made this this great tortured face. <laughs> Speaking of great tortured faces, so I think we talked about it on the podcast when we uh, circumvented going out into the courtyard and getting okay. the key from the. So, so to give y'all some background on this DD campaign, this <laughs> it was, was another a, one shot. It was another one shot. This was supposed to be for a friend's birthday. I come to set up. Guess what happens when I set up? Everybody in the shop gets invited. Yeah, it was it was actually for my wife's birthday. Yeah. And we invited specifically invited certain people because either they didn't get to play, they wanted to play for Ashley's birthday. And somehow that just expanded into like twenty people. Which and I was not prepared for. No. No. And you know, it, we couldn't say no. So there was a lot of people there. And it was how to put it. It was like, do you remember being in school and being in the lunchroom and everyone talking at once? Cacophony. It was, it a, was cacophony a cacophony and a deluge of noise. Yes. And it was poor, poor George. Because, like, we were having conversations on one end. Like, we just, we just like, it was, you know, the, the original group was just all down on one end. And we just role-played the whole time because, you know, we're watching people uh, do some fair things. And it was, it was to get bonuses and stuff like that. So yeah, that's how it started. It was, yeah. At, at some point, I do distinctly remember saying, "Okay, when I point to you, you tell me what you're doing, and y'all need to cut the crap." Yeah, it was. It so was I can tell what's going on because if I didn't do that, it was just loud noises of saying, "I'm doing this," and dice rolling, and I don't even know what they're being rolled for. Didn't didn't we not get the cake that day? Now that I remember, I sent y'all on like a secret mission to recover the cake. And they were like, they made the cake, but they wouldn't give it to you, even yeah. though you specifically yes, told them. I remember the cake. And no. I know the lady. Like, I've known her for a long time. I was like, hey, look, they're going to come pick up the cake. And y'all get there, and it was it was a, uh, a D20 cake. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, no, we can't get, we haven't made it yet or something. Yeah. And then I call them back. They're like, the next day they call me like, why didn't y'all pick up your cake? I was like, I sent two guys, and I told you. And they're like, oh, yeah, well, it's here if you still want it. <laughs> No, the birthday was yesterday. I didn't get any D twenty cake. I no. was promised cake. What did we get? We had ice cream cake instead. Like it was, it was I emergency. Think we got ice cream. Yeah, it I, was I, a, yeah, yeah. We went to like someone went to go get party. ice cream cake. It was a surprise party. Yeah, I, I feel like you said poor poor George. I feel like I want a poor poor George T shirt now. <laughs> we need <laughs> just a make poor, a poor poor George T shirt. <laughs> yeah, that it. actually reminds we have me the that. artwork for it. <laughs> it's on a mug too. We'll sell mugs. We too. need to get the mug artwork. Uh, transcribed into like a painterly style yes. and make that the yeah. shirt. We'll cut you in. 
That, uh, <laughs> that story actually reminds me of the second time I tried to plan a surprise D&D party for my brother. I got the ice cream cake. We all met up. Josh said he would be there. 30 minutes later, after we were supposed to start, where's Josh? We don't know. I remember this <laughs> we, sent, we sent him text messages. Josh didn't answer. Hour in, we were like, screw it. I have a, because I went and got an ice cream cake. Mm-hmm. And we're like, screw it. We're having ice cream cake. We started cutting the cake. It was after that that I finally got a message from Josh. Hey, I'm not going to make it. I went out to this person's place. I think, yeah, we had a whole, a whole D&D birthday party without the birthday person. <laughs> was it? We just ate his cake. That's what you get. I vaguely remember this. Oh, yeah, you were there. I was there. Okay, yeah. yeah. You and Ashley were there? Yeah, I think, yeah, like... um, And then then Josh is like, George, George, can you do it next weekend? I'll be there this time. I promise. I think, didn't you tell him you'd do it, but you wouldn't give him cake? (laughs) (laughs) If I remember right, we did the party, but he didn't get cake. He didn't get cake. And I bought another ice cream cake for us to eat. (laughs) And Josh didn't get any. Just in front of Josh eating yes. his cake. Yes. Because he, because he's like, he made me buy a second ice cream cake. I never forget watching George almost laugh anguish as he closed <laughs> his book when we killed the the zombie dogs and, and like got the key because we levitated him. Um, I shot him with a, a arrow that had a rope tied to it, and then we finagled it to wrap around him. And then we pulled it slowly and Yeah. See for <laughs> context, look- people, when they were approaching the mansion, they were supposed to run to those dogs. That was supposed to be a combat before they got to the mansion, but they circumvented that. And I was like, oh crap, that dog has the key to the mansion on it. Yeah, that that was great. I, I just watching you laugh and close your book and slowly pack as you're laughing and angry. At the uh, yeah, same yeah, time. yeah. I, what was I going resignation. to do? That was a resignation? It's the resignation. It, I, I I just resigned. I was like, okay, the campaign's over. <laughs> we had fun. I hate you all. Don't ask me to do this again. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So we've learned a couple things. So like, I guess we'll do like a uh, what did you learn today? Absolutely nothing. I refuse. <laughs> I learned don't ask George to do surprise birthday D&D parties because 20 people show up and not the birthday person. <laughs> and to uh, more people than what, it, what was intended show up. Yeah. And I have to deal with things. Yeah. And also, y'all just torture me the, the entire time. So. And also maybe we need to take a look at some of our toxicity a little bit. <laughs> also, I need to learn how to set boundaries. Yeah. All right. Well. Uh, I hope you enjoyed us uh, with this very unstructured, chaotic episode. Um, did we ever talk about where Moffat was at? He is no. at he is at a con. Uh, what's the name of the con? Uh, Layer con. Yeah, in Pensacola. Yeah, uh, running a table there. Uh, yeah, for DMs. Super, super proud of him. Glad to see him doing that. Uh, more to come. Yeah, it, I I found out about it last week. Yeah, I knew for a couple of months. I told him about the con. Yeah. Sorry. Hmm. Yeah. yeah, hopefully. We can get him to talk about it and yeah. uh, go from there. Um, I, I don't know. He, he may fun. be too good for us now. I don't know. He's kind of like, you know, DMing at cons Moving and stuff. And we're we're left here to fend for ourselves. Um, had to pull me out from under my desk and bring me out and put me on mic. Dust so. off the goblin. Yeah, dust off the goblin the a little bit. Yeah, yeah I had so. to ask the man that works night shift to show up here early in the morning to come do this. Yeah, Birdie was at a wedding, which I get that. That's That's better than us. 
I like how I completely didn't acknowledge your sacrifice. I know. At all. <laughs> like at all. No, this, we do appreciate it, George. This is my life. <laughs> look, look, I've come we to play, accept that. I play Evil Dead with you. On Tuesdays. On Tuesdays. And oh yeah, by the way, you can find George at uh Twitch on uh, as George version one. Yes. Spelled with a letter one. I mean number well, one. With the number wow. one. <laughs> letter one. We'll keep that in there. What's wrong with it? All right, guys. Well, it's been fun. Um, hopefully you're still here. And if you're still here, um, kudos to you. I mean, that was rough. <laughs> I had a blast. Uh, hope y'all have me on again where we can dish out more of this uh, torture y'all put me through. So, uh, yeah. Um, hey, look, give us five stars on whatever you're listening to. Like, follow, subscribe, tell a friend, tell your mom, dad, cat, cousin. Start a start a, like a, a Spotify farm and just click on us a lot. We'll appreciate it. Yes. No, don't do that. And graffiti. Do graffiti if it's illegal. <laughs> of the podcast. All right. We should probably leave before we get you in. We, we start giving people more bad ideas. Uh, Moffat, we're really sorry. Um, bye, guys. Bye. Be safe. I had a blast. I know I was like, it's rough. But compared to what our normal structure is. I also is, had a blast. I feel bad for it. Uh, yeah, I, I feel, feel bad, really bad for Ashley, too. Ashley.